Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Today's podcast, we delve into the last little bit of gear preparation that we have and the f- things that we're finally shoring up um, before we head out west in our elk hunt. This is probably going to be the last episode having to do with gear before we actually head out west. So um, this kind of gives a, an idea of where we're at right now in our preparation, basically two weeks prior to getting out there and getting after it. If you've been following along with our gear series um, or seen the photos on Instagram, you've heard me talk about my gear rack vinyl harness. And it's a really great vinyl harness, very simple. Holds your binoculars, holds, it's got the two mesh pouches on the sides. Um, but as you've probably heard about it, they did too. And so they wanted to do something great for you guys and wanted to... Um, kind of help us out. So we are going to be giving away one of those vinyl harnesses as well as one of their gear sleeves. And um, so that's going to be kicking off on Instagram. So check that out. And they've also got a code Chronicles to save 25% off of anything that they offer. So that vinyl harness uh, retails for like 70 bucks and it's free shipping over $50. So it's $52 50 cents with the code Chronicles. And as always, um, you can use that code Chronicles with Bowhunter Box Club. Jason has just kind of, uh, maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag here, but um, he's going to start using a, a new slogan or at least tongue-in-cheek. Um, what they do at Bowhunter Box Club is they send bowhunters cool shit. So um, if you'd like some cool shit from Bowhunter Box Club, uh, check them out, and you can save 10% by using code Chronicles. And also check out our friends over at Serviceide and Deer Slayer TV on YouTube. Serviceide's got um, apparel for Deer Slayers just like you and me. So uh, with that, make sure to check out our affiliates and enjoy the episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are exactly 31 days from our departure on our elk trip to Idaho. John, does it feel any different than the first day that we started planning this trip? Well, honestly, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Not much. <laughs> I'm still overwhelmed. Oh, that would... I, I mean, oh, the only reason why I say not 
Maybe not. It's just because I'm sitting here looking at my pack and my frame, you know, pack frame with my tent. I got my bugle tube here, but so that set aside, yeah, I still feel like it's not, not even really. Uh, how would I put it? I guess it's it's hard to believe that I'm going. It's not really true. <laughs> why is that? Do you think? I don't know. Just because it's I've never done it before. I mean. Honestly, up until like last fall, you know, when I started kicking around the idea with uh, my buddy from Montana, like I never even, you know, yeah, I'd like to go out elk hunting, you know. I mean, I hate elk meat. It's freaking phenomenal. And it'd be awesome to go out there and hunt, but I just didn't think it was something that would, you know, be possible without spending 10 grand you know, doing a guided hunt, and you know, or property, all that. Never even thought about the way we're doing it. Self-guided, if you want to call it that. <laughs> DIY, backcountry, backpack. I mean, over-the-counter tags, you know, no, you know. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and it was Randy Newberg, and they were talking about the points and all the stuff, like, he had been putting in points for his kid because, like, in Arizona or something with the youth program, you can get points. As they're, like, super cheap. And, like, his son is, like, 28 now, but he has, like, 17 points or whatever that even means. I don't even know. You know, that's the kind of stuff, like, shit, I'm, we're, I'm 43. I'm way behind the game. <laughs> I won't ever get a tag in some of the states. but Michigan. <laughs> I don't even care though, because I can go out now. We can go out to Idaho and buy a tag over the counter and do it ourselves. And after watching Born and Raised, those guys, I don't know how, I don't know how I could get any better than that. I mean, well, I don't need to go kill a freaking monster bull. I mean, maybe that would change someday, but I just want to go out and enjoy it. Well, and that's the thing. It's like so the the guy that's helping us out. You know, he told us when we went over there and looked at the maps the first time he said this is going to be your cocaine he's like i can already see like the way that you're taking to this um and he said you know once and i i don't think i've ever heard anybody say anything differently when you hear that first elk bugle or like whatever it's it's that is the addiction they you know chris horton has elk addicts and that's why um and so that's so i've been like kind of going through it so to go back on the question like for me is it seems like almost more overwhelming now um (laughs) yeah because you look at like the little time so it's like uh, any of the preparation that we've done we've been working on this for months and months now and in reality it's a very little time because i've been listening to a lot of people um both on podcasts and then and talking to people um in in real life i guess um you know actually having conversations dialogue and they say well they've been planning for two years or three years so um seems like the way that we're doing it maybe is does kind of put us behind the curve in the fact that we're besides that we're doing it you know in real time on a podcast saying okay well this is the way that we're we're doing it but i don't know i think 
one of the big things about that is the accountability pieces. Cause I feel like, like, man, I really need to do this and I really need to put everything into it. Um, but for me, I just went through my gear yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, and got everything all situated and, um, outside of and things we'll get into later on in the podcast, but, um, my first aid kit and uh, a couple other little things like I could go right now. I could have gone a month ago um, and been, been comfortable. But I think you've been saying that the whole time is that like, for me, it's like, I'm going to rely more on your military background. Well, that conditioning and knowing what I'm capable of or trying to, to test my limits because I've, I've, I've put a lot, um, into a lot of different aspects of just being outdoors. And I guess that whole, um, wanting to be away, I think like what if type type scenario survival stuff. Uh, Yeah. And you know, that might make me crazy, but I think that it makes me (laughs) well-rounded. I don't know, but but yeah, so we just got off talking about, you know, you changing up your bow and getting that all, all dialed in and, you know, major changes there for me. Um, it's, it's nothing that extravagant, but man, does it seem like it. So I switched my site over. We'd talked about earlier, um, in one of the real early podcasts that I bought that I had that dead ringer wheel site and it's a four pin um, slider and I, we, we built that diamond or did all the tune and everything. And that's the site that we had on it. And, um, (laughs) I think I kind of had it in my mind that I was going to use that out West. And then for the total archery challenge, um, the comfort level of having the time and the, I don't know. I guess maybe it's probably the precision of that HHA kingpin. Right. Um, Having was, a single pin. Was very, very comforting. And that, I think that kingpin light is, if you're if you're going to buy one. That's a great I site. I can't. I couldn't put you. I, so I, I've not shot or handled any of the spot hog stuff. And they seem to work very, very similar. Right. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're, it, we're not talking about um uh friction slider or anything like that like this is this is geared it's mechanical and it is micro adjust like put it right in there yeah so i i actually had i had the kingpin the same same site which and it was great but i wanted to try something i wanted to go a little bit lighter so i went to the uh true ball excel and same thing i ended up shooting uh the single pin up there for the archery challenge total archery challenge and that is like a luxury i mean we're going i know everything else that we did pertained to our out west hunt you know we wore our camo we wore our packs you know we wore a bino harness uh quivers on our bow we did everything except for we were running single pin sites uh ranging everything putting all the you know 
putting all the time and effort into just focus on that shot where it would have been probably uh, more productive if we would have had our uh, four and five pin sights for judging, you know. But, Grant, most of the, I mean, really, those shots, I heard, I here's another podcast I was listening to earlier, and they were talking about, uh, they just went to the the one in, in uh, was it Utah? Snowbird with the cliff challenge? Yeah, they were in Snowbird. And those guys were talking about, like, yeah, you know, 70, 80, 120-yard shots, and they're, you know, piles of broken arrows, and it's like, they were talking about, well, yeah, that's fun and all, but that's a foam target. So does is it is it teaching people or giving them uh, people false sense of security and like, oh, well, I did it on Toll Archer Challenge. I'm going to take a shot at an animal at that, you know. Or like when we were up there, how many shots were there where like, man, there's no way we'd take that shot. It was like quartering towards us, and it was behind a freaking tree, you know. I'd say that was 75% of the shots. I you mean, know. especially on the shorter course, uh, on the right. locals course, you wouldn't have taken those shots. Right, and that's, you know, yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's the Toll Archer Challenge. I mean, I'm not, I mean, everybody should go shoot it if they have the opportunity. Love it. But on the aspect of what those guys were talking about, that, you know, maybe a little bit more realistic like teach the guys okay yeah i'm gonna take a shot when it's quartering away i'm not gonna be shooting it when it's quartering towards me when there's a tree when i'm you know 75 yards and there's a tree right there how many trees did we get killed up there (laughs) oh certainly but i mean it's not just a total archery challenge i mean if you looked at the pure elevation on the northwest mountain challenge like they, they were not doing you any favors like those yeah. guys following along with like pure elevation everything on that side of it was rock and right. it was like i mean it, if you missed you know you arrows you talked shot. about your arrows were penetrating these <laughs> they would have just exploded right um but yeah that on on that we we could have done better with that but that that site, the it's the dead ringer wheel. Now, um, I was just having a conversation on Facebook with uh, somebody from Bowhunter Box Club, um, Kevin Goins, I believe is his name, and um, I think I'm going to do a video. I wanted to do a video because there wasn't anything out there when I got it, and um, I didn't shoot it enough to actually have enough input, I guess, on doing it, but... Um, I've shot it. I've, I've shot it. I've been shooting my bow in preparation for this. I put it on last weekend and I probably have 300, 400 arrows, you know, just this week, um, in getting it dialed in. And the problem that I'm having with it is as a fixed pin site, it's, well, let's, Let's take a step back. The The site is a four-pin slider micro-adjust windage site. And it comes with a light right, at, right in the box, and it is $75. 
So John can't buy a lens. He can't buy a housing. He can't probably buy new tapes for the XL that he has for 75 bucks. I mean, <laughs> I it, can get tapes for it. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, realistically that Kingpin lights 320 bucks or something like that. Right. Um, so for $75, that's what kind of like drew me to this. I mean, it kind of goes back to the whole, I'm frugal. So I'm, I'm looking and, Literally, when I found that site, it was before Christmas last year, and there was absolutely zero information on it. So I wanted to get the site just to kind of check it out, and I fully expected it to be 100% polymer, like most of the sites are. And I maybe that's to its detriment, but it looks like it's either uh, aluminum or some sort of pop metal, but it is all metal construction. It's very solidly built. Um, the top pin on it is glow-in-the-dark paint all the way around and it has a glow-in-the-dark very bright uh housing um at least on the on the face of it um as a fixed pin site four pins and if you were able to use it in an area um that allowed a light with the light it's incredibly bright in bright sunlight it's decent but the amount of fiber optic that it's wrapped with and the exposure to the end of that isn't great. So I find the pins to be a little bit dull. John, you said when you shot it, when you were shooting the diamond, it wasn't, you didn't have any sort of problem. No, but I was shooting, you know, it was full light. Yeah. So, you know, we're headed out to Idaho. We're, we're going to be um, hunting out there where there's no electronics allowed on the bow. So, the lights off the table I've been shooting without it. And I don't, I really don't know that HHA has a really good fiber optics. So super bright. And it's the, both of them are the 0.19 pins, but I feel like the fiber actually on the, the dead ringer site is actually a little bit smaller. So I think, I feel like it's like the whole, cause it's, it's in an uh, aluminum or some sort of metal, thing well, it's, I, it's like sleeved okay yeah so i think that whole sleeve is probably 0.19 but i think the fiber optic is less because that hha pin looks Big. like a beacon it's like the sun and uh well, these that, look the, much smaller the hha has probably well, i mean what is it like three yards or some mm-hmm. you know the wrap on it I'm, don't don't yeah, quote it's, me it's, on that it's a ton that goes around the housing yeah so i mean that ha- that ha- absorbs a ton of light and so then that and then you also have the you can adjustment. dial it in and yeah you can it has the outer housing it, you can adjust it to dim it down just similar to my Excel but but it but it all ends up being you know I mean I could buy four of these sites for the price of that right. one so it's if you're looking for a, a a site at that price point this trophy taker has more going for it than any other site for seventy five bucks and I'll dead just ringer. about what was it. It's a dead ringer wheel. You said trophy taker. Okay. No. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, just... it's a dead ringer wheel site is, okay. is what it is. But for for seventy five bucks, you you cannot get that amount of oh, I mean fine tuning. So don't don't let that sway you. Just understand what it is that you're getting, and what you're getting is 
nothing in the box. (laughs) You are getting the site and some tapes. And we literally were just trying to set up these tapes. So I set up the site with all four pins, 20, 30, 40, and they're on just fine. Like I said, I've been, I've been shooting it and, and I've got, I've got it right. The, those four pins are set up absolutely correctly. So also, and your arrow, I mean, we have a little bit of weight, weight forward, 50 grain brass insert, but what was your arrow? 474. So decent, decent weight, but not super heavy. And we could not, there wasn't even a, a sight tape even close. The largest sight tape was probably off by an eighth of an inch. Right. So no, it, was, it was probably a quarter of an inch, actually, because it was probably an eighth of an inch from 20 to 60. Yeah. And the, it only goes 20 to 50 on the pins. And then the rest of them are smaller. So you'd have to be shooting a rifle yeah, or a, a shotgun. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm like, what the hell? I mean, that thing's shooting 400. That's like they sent you sight tapes for a freaking crossbow. crossbow. Yeah. Is what it looks like, honestly. I'm like, that ain't even close. Because my bow, I was going to look it up, but the the IBO has to be. It's, I think that's like it's 320 plus. Three, yeah. I was going to say 330. I think yeah. 320, 330. And so shooting 474. I And. Even if you're at like 250, though. But <laughs> but I mean, like realistically, I think that the I think that the arrow flight has to be somewhere in that 275. Like we don't have a chrono. There's not a chrono at the oh, at the geez. club. So now we gotta get a chrono in the but shop the, too. But, the, but there's not <laughs> there's not one at the club that's easily Assessed. accessible. Yeah. So um, I have to imagine just by the way that the arrows are flying at the distances that we're shooting them, we've got to be close to maximizing arrow flight and that's supposed to be in that 280 range right. somewhere i'm probably on the lower end of that being a heavier arrow so let's say 250 260 and the the smallest tape that's on there you'd have to be shooting 500 feet a second oh it, yeah. so so it's not even so there's no and i i'm probably biased because that HHA has like idiot proof directions. So it's like, do this, do this, pick a tape. Right. You know, shoot at 20, shoot at 60, do some math. There's your tape. Yeah. Simple arithmetic. <laughs> yeah. And, and this one has, has nothing. And so what we did is took that site and mic the pins and then put them up against John's Excel tapes. And I know that it's his Excel tape number 21. However, it's opposite. So the way that whatever's fixed and whatever slides on this dead ringer site would be upside down. Right. Compared, because see, my site tape goes on the actual, the bracket and the way mine slides, it goes up and down. It's opposite of the way yours the, is. The, the dead ringer does. The dead ringer, yeah. So, yeah, so we found the right, you know, tape, but it's upside down. And that, I mean, for, and you're, so 
uh, right here. My bow, I'm shooting. You got the 21, right? Mm-hmm. So my bow is a 27, and I'm shooting. Well, I haven't adjusted it, but still, it's not much. It's not far off from that, and I'm shooting. This is, you know, 80 pounds. My arrow's like five, what was it, 540? But still. So that's right in the middle of the tape. You know, my, my tapes go from, I think they go up to like 40 or whatever. So, yeah, you're still shooting good good speed for a 21. That's actually real good. And that's not even the largest tape that they offer. <laughs> right. For, for that. It's not so, even close. So that's my only beef outside of the fact that at ATA, and we talked about this before, but I went up there and I asked him at the booth, and it took four guys to even be able to comprehend my question, and that was without me ever shooting it, but I was like, how do you set this thing up? And they're like, well, let me get you somebody else. Let me get you somebody else. Let me get you somebody else. And then the one guy said, well, you should, you just, you know, you just figure it out. You just mic it, you know? Like, well, if you right. just bought it because you're like, this is you know, a great deal. And I really want to try this product It's brand new. There's nothing out there about it. And then you get it and it's just a box full of nothing. And then I think again, kind of like John had alluded to before on a previous podcast, it's like, if I didn't know what I know, I'd probably think that I was doing something wrong because right. none of these tapes added up, but yeah. there's no physical way no, that those no. tapes. When I looked at those, I was like, what the, what the hell is this? You know, we start, and that's how I, you know, I've done my old tapes, you know, until HHA come out with their algorithm and, you know, with their wheel and their old one, the the regular slider too. But it's just take, you know, you do your 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, 60, and you can measure that. And then, like I said, then that's how I do it with my Excel even. I just mic those and then I... And I know I'm like okay, match it up exactly on my sight tapes. But he did, to their defense, did they say? I mean, that was so new that it came out. Did they not say that they had in, more instructions? Like they the were box? working on a YouTube video. Is that and, what it was? And that the the pat the newer packaging was supposed to have something on it. Is was what he had said. So maybe somehow they just got some random sight tapes and then throw them in there or something or it was they actually looked like nice tape almost looked like a glow in the dark tape yeah. or something it, but you'd have to like put three of them together <laughs> <laughs> what the hell but in you know realistically you're probably saying like so why in the world would you switch um and honestly I got shook. I mean, like I watched enough elk videos to see that and 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 listened to a, enough podcasts and and kind of saw like kind of what everyone was using and it was at least a three-pin site and you know, you listen to to Aaron Snyder talk and he says, you know, you can you can get that little warm and fuzzy out there at whatever range when you see all of your pins in the kill zone 
and you can kind of split the difference and say, well, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to do something. And then, like I said, on the podcast, when we talked to Trent it was like that when, when Casey missed that gigantic bull and he made the switch from a multi-pin to a single pin and, and forgot to move it. Um, I, I just got scared. So, um, I've been, I've been doing a lot of shooting. Um, and I know without moving anything, without doing anything that from 20 to 50, I'm good. Right. So, and that's pretty much, I'm mine. I just have one more pin. I have 20 to 60. And, but that was your plan all along. Yeah. Like that there was wasn't no, that was my plan actually. I mean, it just, that, that five pin housing didn't come in in time for the total archery challenge. So it worked out, you know. So uh, what I plan to do here um, very soon is um, to have a video up on YouTube about that because, like I said, now um, I've I've shot the site enough to know more about it. Um, and so I'll kind of be able to show you guys um, what, what exactly, like, we're talking about. Um, but realistically... Can you think of a better $75 site? No, absolutely not. I mean, like I said, a lens for the Excel is 100 bucks. I mean, you know, and the, for the money, when I looked at it, I was like, wow, that, I mean, that's a hell of a deal. And the micro adjust on the windage is, and I didn't realize like how important that was until I was messing with adjusting those indexing those pins. And then it's just like here, there, here, there. And to do that, you know, like what you were saying about the SmackDown pro versus SmackDown pro click, just being able to rein that in specifically. Right. When, when you can, what's your time worth? Right. Exactly. (laughs) And then, and not only that, I mean, when you loosen the, you know, you, loosen up the screw or whatever. I don't know how that, I haven't looked at it, but, and then to be able to just slowly micro adjust it, you know, just like an old TV where you could have the fine tune button Mm -hmm. and without, you know, you're dating yourself. (laughs) Like the old, the old sites where you, you, you know, you'd sit there and I would have, I'd hold on to it and I'd take the Allen wrench and crack it loose just a little bit and then try to, you know, you, you could put a, what you used to be able to do is like, Either take a little sharpie or something, or a pencil, put a little mark on it on the back side, and just be able to like, okay, move it up a little bit, because you're trying to fine tune it. Well, now with the with the micro tune, just like with that SmackDown rest and the and the my elevate from knock on, now you got your little hash marks, and you loosen up the the main bolt, and you just finally just turn that screw a little bit, and then that it's like a fine thread and you can just micro adjust it. So it is, it's nice when you're trying to get into that. And, and so on that, like there's another video that we need to make, um, about our packs. So with the Alps and, and this is, this is probably as real as it gets because you're going to get two really different, um, differing opinions on this. And I'm not sure exactly what John's going to do. But so for this, you know, we've been doing a lot of training and John's been doing a lot more training with the pack 
you know, he's got a bad back issues, back issues, whatever. Um, and so he's been putting a lot of focus on making sure that everything that he's doing, um, it's with that pack becoming comfortable. And my pack is very, very comfortable. And we alluded to the fact that there was something that we were going to do to change this. Um, and I, I knew, um, what I was going to do. So long ago, um, I had seen the straps that they put on the lone wolf that, that lone wolf had come out with. It was like a hundred dollar system with a bat wing and everything. And I, that's when I'd got my lone wolf climber and it came with these two like just garbage straps. And so I think they were trying to push you to buy that, that better system. Well, uh, for my time in the military, I was familiar with the Molly system and, and, and everything. And so those, the packs that were on the frame, um, the Molly system was garbage, um, as a pack for the military, because it was a plastic frame pack that everything, um, attached to, well, as soon as it got cold, it got brittle and then they made a new one and it, they ended up scrapping the whole thing together. So surplus out there, there's a ton of, um, Molly and Molly two packs and frames and, and everything. Well, the, the straps can basically be adapted to anything. So I put a set of those straps on that lone wolf cause they're almost identical. I didn't get the, the bat wing, um, for around my, my hips, but you could certainly do that. And there's a lot of guys that have, and the straps are, are 20 bucks and they're quick release and everything like that. So, um, John had been doing a lot of hiking with his pack. And as soon as he put over 60 pounds, and these are the Alps commander packs and it's legitimately the least expensive, suitable pack for what we're doing. Right. Um, external metal frame pack. So he put, you know, at, and that is, one of the the knocks that I have read on the pack is it's great until you put a ton of weight in it. And, I mean, so far as to say, like I saw um, the bugler, Dirk, mm-hmm. he, there was a picture that he posted of him long ago saying, I remember this was the day that... I got a pack that didn't kill my back and it was a picture of the, um, the Alps commander pack. And I took a lot of note there when I was, uh, I was looking at it and I read through, you know, I mean, obviously he's got like tons of followers and a lot of comments, but you know, he had commented that he's since moved on from that pack and it was a great pack until you put a lot of weight in it. And so I think that's kind of like what, John had figured out because he did the whole total archery challenge with about 30 pounds in it yeah. and there was no issue whatsoever. No, super comfortable. I mean, shot great with it on and, you know, no problem at all. Put in the 60 pounds and as you're walking, my straps would start. Well, I didn't notice it at first because it was real subtle. All of a sudden, I'd start noticing the weight. My, my back would start hurting really bad. My left leg would start going kind of limp or you know having problems with it and i was like man and so i'd 
grab my straps. I'm like, well, sh- my straps loosened up. So I started going again. All of a sudden, then I could start feeling it. Like my steps were getting, like if I was taking like when I was going uphill a little bit and or, or like a, a rough step or and had a little bit of a bounce and then definitely I could feel them actually like, especially my left side would start popping loose. I'd feel it drop and then it'd be all the way. It would be back down on my hips and then the, my hip flexors would just start killing. So like, I think it was the second, no, it was the third hike like that with the, you know, over the 60 pounds. I ended up having to, I put my thumbs through the straps and I had to hold my, put, leave my hands in, in the straps just to keep it from from loosening up. So I ended up getting the Molly system. You know. Well, b- before that, so so John had told me about that, and um, that was right after um, we had talked to Kyle, and I threw all that weight in my Vanguard pack, and it just, like, kicked the shit out of me yeah. when I went running with it. So I was like, well, forget that. Um I'll have to figure something out now. You know the, the Vanguard pack is not is not working for me, and I'm I, I'm I'm going to do this uh, train to hunt next year, so I need to figure out like what it is I need to do. So, um, just looking at it, I was like, well, on that Lone Wolf, I've got a set of the Molly straps, so I just took them off and I took the straps off that, put it on there, and. Actually, I did a really terrible job of putting it on there because there's a there's a better way. There's like a correct way um, to put it on there. <laughs> I, after looking at John's setup, I was like, "Yeah, why didn't I do that? That was it's a much that that's the way that it was designed." But I put it on there, strapped it up, and I had zero issues. I ran 2.3 miles in 23 well, minutes. Some that we did the dune. Well, but I did. I had done that first with absolutely zero issue. And I mean, if you look at like the geometry of when you're while you're running, um, you're kind of hunched forward, so the weight is more like on your back. Um, and, and so, as long as it's not bouncing up and down and it's secure, um, you don't really have any sort of a, a a problem. I mean, the weight is not sliding around as long as it's not bouncing up and down on your back. So then we went to do the the hike in the dunes, which was another two and a half miles or whatever. 2.8. But it, it was, and John said, 60 pounds, you're going to hate it. It's going to be awful. And I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> that's the, maybe an understatement. Um, and I felt it was, it was just simply something that I need to do more of. Uh, because those are not the muscles that I use every day or the muscles that I work out. Um, so, but in doing that, just starting out, like I, I had to figure out where to adjust my hip belt and adjust the height, but there was no slippage. There was no anything. I mean, it was locked in. So, I mean, you had the Molly system. Yeah. I, I had put the Molly straps on there. So at, a hundred and thirty dollar pack with twenty dollar straps. I mean, for for my personal setup, like I feel like I could put whatever I want in that pack and go wherever my body physically 
can take me, not having to endure any sort of pain or uncomfortableness. Like there was, there was none of that. It was just simply getting it to be the right fit. Fit, yeah, uh, on my body. Get it adjusted to your body. And so, so John's like, I, I can't believe you did that with sixty pounds. Like, and so I told him to order it. Well, so he here is like like a a trifold like layered story <laughs> right so when you, if you order these things a there it's a two part system so there is a quick disconnect and there's a set of straps so you have to buy both and you can buy usually one or the other brand new but it's hard to find a set of both brand new so i was telling john like look make sure i sent him a link i was like this is what you want because it's Full both system. parts. So he ordered it. Well, it, maybe it's my fault. I don't know. But John got one, I think, that had gone through, like, the CS gas chamber. <laughs> Something. Because um, immediately upon touching his skin, like, it was burning. I broke out in a rash. <laughs> I mean, I got it. We were heading up north kayaking on Saturday, and then the package it came and i'm like oh sweet i rip it open and i threw it on i'm like this is gonna be sweet and it rubbed the edges of my neck now granted i was like it was hot out it was hotter than heck out that day and i was all sweaty so where it rubbed my neck i'm not kidding you i did that i'd like tried it on whatever i showed my son and i threw it on the counter as i was walking out like walked out got in a truck and i didn't even get a half mile down the road i was like holy crap my neck is on fire and i looked in the mirror and literally both sides of my neck like where that thing touched it was just like red and bumpy i'm like i'm on fire i ended up when we got over to our friend's house where we're meeting up i went in washed my neck with like soap and water and it was still burning ahead i stopped it on the way up to the to the kayak place i ended up getting a Stop at the gas station, get a tube of freaking hydrocortisone because my neck was burning so bad. So, needless to say, when you get them, wash it <laughs> if you're going to do it. But, but then. But then, so I ended up mounting. I put it on there like you did the first time. So on that. For, like I said, it's why we need to do a video because right. there's a, a couple yeah. different ways that you but can put first it First of all, I, the, the like I said, the pack where the original pack, the way it came, and the way I had it adjusted, it I had no issues. I It felt great. Even with the 60-plus pounds, it felt great. It just slipped. So the, the strap slipped. So I don't have an issue. I mean, the fitment was perfect for me. Super comfortable. As soon as I put that Molly system on there, the way I had it the first time, like you did, there's, like, there's an extra pad on that molly system and then there's the the pack frame comes with like a this uh back mesh strap system i had it on the outside of that which was actually you know closer to my back i took off i didn't even get like a half mile into my my hike and it was like all the weight was pressing like right across like my top of my shoulders and my spine and it was like Literally, like, I had tennis balls just jammed into me. I mean, just my muscles just started aching. 
I literally, I ended up stopping on the side of the road, pulled my pack off, and I was trying to adjust it on the side of the road. I was like, I should have just turned around at that point and just went home, but I ended up doing the whole two-and-a-half-mile loop. It's two-and-a-half-mile for me because I have to go back this way. It's 2.2 for you. So I ended up doing the whole loop, and it was I was freaking miserable. I'm like, this, this sucks. Got home, took it off. Literally had like a stiff neck the whole next day. My freaking, I had knots in my, my shoulders where that thing was pressing. So I was like, oh, then also I'd got some, uh, rash on my arm where I'd tried it on too. Like when I originally put it on my pack and was testing it out, the straps rubbed against my forearm on each side. So I had broke out there too. So definitely wash the shit out of your system if you order it so anyway i took it all apart then and then you know looked at it like well how can i make this better how i mean that pad sticking out so i'm like well it definitely if i put it in between that the mesh strap system that comes with the pack and got it back in there it would you know push that pad in between the frame itself and it helped a little bit but it's still i got around i ended up using it twice like that and still my my shoulders were just burning nah. and so what's the so as it sits right now i'm still they said you were happy with it but i have back issues so i'm very like I don't I guess sensitive to my like posture and things that are going on with it. And for my maybe my body type or my whatever you want to call it, my stature and uh posture, it's definitely not working for me. And there's I don't know how else to fix it. So I'm just kind of I got to do some more tweaking. I was actually thinking about uh there's a a lady I bring my jeans to to f- to fix rip rip jeans and you know uh, seamstress and she has all the the sewing machines to sew heavy heavy fabric and stuff like that. I was actually thinking about taking the Molly straps and the factory straps that came with it and bringing those down to her and have her just cut those straps off and then sew them up and reinforce them just like the factory ones and then put the metal grommets in it and then just mount them just just like it came but with then that way i'd have those quick release and then the good the good buckle system that wouldn't slip because i had no problems it didn't slip at all i mean and then those quick detach that would be sweet if i had you know to start running start running (laughs) or something you know but yeah and so like Again, for for me, that's what I had on my tree stand because the, right. those little shoulder cutter straps that they come with are just right. And even still, so even if I if I go down and have those custom made, you know, cut, and she, even if she charges me fifty bucks, which she won't. I mean, it would be I think it's like six bucks to replace a zipper and fix holes in my jeans. So say twenty bucks 
to customize those straps. I'm, You're selling less than two hundred dollars. Right, I'm still less than two hundred bucks, and and it's a, and we have both, we have both, we have the pack and the meat carrier, the meat carrier system system. So it's a it's an awesome pack. It's you know external metal frame like the old Boy Scout stuff. You know, it's a little bit loud, but we can customize it. I mean, we got that. Uh, what is that? Buck, sound barrier. Sound barrier. Bump. Buck bumper, yeah. Buck bumper. So we're going to wrap this shit out of, you know, the frame and quiet it down. But, but yeah, it, we'll figure it out. We'll get some pictures posted up, figure out what we do. But aside from that, I think the main focus, we just got all of our stuff. John's still uh, just kind of acquiring the stuff. But as far as our water... Um, I just need to go and test that out. We're running the Sawyer mini systems. Um, I got a, a gallon water carrier, um, that just hooks right up to there. We're going to have plenty of water, um, everywhere around us. And, um, you know, my brother who's does quite a bit of hiking and things like that. The Sawyer minis that we're using, you know, they're designed or maybe it's a, hack of some sort um but you can screw that right on to a one liter life proof bottle so um we're running camelbacks and going to be filtering our water you know through all of that but you know you can just dip a, a life or smart water smart water bottle in the in the creek or whatever screw on that that uh Sawyer mini and drink right out of it. Right. And it's lighter than an algae bottle. You can throw it in somewhere in your pack and not even not even think about it. The only the only issue they have with those is like if you don't blow them out or something and when it's winter freezing they can crack and then you're screwed, but we're not going to be Well, that's the thing. It's like I reached out to everybody that I can possibly think of anybody on social media who I've come across that I see that elk hunts in Idaho. And I say, you know, what do you plan for September 1st? And they say, eh, 20 to 90. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure you got a stove, a stove jack, uh, all that stuff. And hunting shorts, like <laughs> get out of here. So, well, I, hope, so, I, I got so a 30 degree bag. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I think that well, if, we're, we're going to hit. If it comes down to it and it gets that cold, we're going to be freaking snuggling is what's going <laughs> to Yeah. Those tents, they may say two man, John, but like I said before, it's like two leprechauns. It's yeah. a little, t- little well, tiny two man tent. When I got mine, I set it up in the yard. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely not a two man tent for people my size. But my toes were touching the end of the tent. My head was. So that's why I was like, man, the only problem with that is when you start touching the edge of your tent, you start getting moisture coming through. So did you set it up both ways? So John and I both have the same. Um, it is the Nature Hike Cloud Up 2. Yeah. Um, and I think for all intents and purposes, like I said before, it is like a carbon copy of the Big Agnes fly to or, or or something of that nature but did you set it up both ways no i just i set it up 
with you know with I, a tent with the tent all of it. I just put the whole thing. I just wanted to see the whole thing. Yeah. So the system that we bought um, comes with the footprint. footprint, and I always thought that was like the stupidest idea because it was like extra gear that you had to carry, and I wasn't real familiar with it. But the footprint is great. Is great because it makes it a floorless shelter. But it, with a floor. With a floor. Because it, it, it's the exact same footprint. Man, I, I can't imagine I'd ever put two and two together. But <laughs> it's the exact same footprint as the actual tent. So the stakes will go right into the grommets in the corners, and it will actually clip in there. You can guide out the same way, and then it allows the air to go underneath. Right. So that's why they say it's the three-season shelter. Like, the one that we got, at least the one that I got, does not have the um, snow skirt or whatever. Yeah, um, no, so, didn't. So, I, I don't, mine does not have that, but I set it up both ways, setting it up the summer, and I think John even said it, like, it's it's a sauna if it's hot out. Like, it doesn't, it does not breathe well. Um, so, the picture I posted on Instagram with uh, my daughter on the iPad and the pillows, that's that people were uh, asking me, you know, how come I can see the grass? And it's like, well, because it was 90 degrees out and I'd lost four pounds setting it up. So uh, <laughs> that's just, that's just the way that I decided I wanted to sit in it and look at the iPad and play princess house. Um, so that's, that's without the actual tent. Yep. That is just the fly over the, the pole, the poles, which are aluminum poles. And then they're set into the footprint. So then you get all that airflow. The other way you could do it is you just set it up the tent without the fly on it. And then it, I mean, and that has a ton of screen. Mm-hmm. But once you put the fly over it, there's like no no room. And maybe if you guided out the the, the ropes differently or something, or maybe put a put one of your one of our uh, tracking, tracking poles. poles. To like lift it up so that way it could actually get some airflow. You know, say if it was raining, but you it was still warm, you could put up the tent pole in the back and then guide that out. And then you could get some, you know, run off and then get some airflow too. But but yeah, the way I, if you just set it up normal, no airflow whatsoever. But <laughs> but still, I at mean, the, at the twenty degree mark. Inside of there with your sleeping bag, with your warm clothes, I think you'd, you'd still be, be just fine. Um, but I have some condensation on you, but well, I'm not nearly as tall as you. I'm not touching all the sides. So with, with that, I think that's, that's one of the things that, I mean, hell, I was planning on sleeping in there under a tarp. So this is like the Shangri-La. Yeah, you know, got a got a little vestibule. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I think it'll fit my boots. Yeah, I'm. I'm not concerned um, with that. And um, so one of the things that I have been doing is kind kind of trying to figure out like what it is that I want to do for um, food. So I I cannot pick up something now without looking at calories per ounce. Like I legitimately, that's basically like how I judge things. And I've been talking to a lot of different people, both that have been out there and 
done just all prepackaged foods and then kind of like their experiences with that and then people that have been doing it themselves and so I've been dehydrating some food um, I made some of the oh backcountry bombs or hiker bombs or whatever they call them with the with the ramen and the potatoes and and all of that and honestly the meals that I've made myself are so good um, I've I've been really happy with that I need to tweak my recipes um, I've got a couple other recipes um, Amber Casey from Michigan Backcountry Hunters and Anglers I talked to her up at the Total Archery Challenge and um, she's sent me some recipes that her and her husband use like when they go out elk hunting and it's all dehydrated and it's basically dehydrated beef and then you make whatever you want so you can do stroganoff um, is what she likes um, he does um, tacos and I did my own Korean beef and it was great I did it uh, basically I made it the exact same way that I would make it at home even pre-cooked the rice and then dehydrated it and it rehydrated really I mean yeah but it wasn't minute rice so, so I made jasmine rice like I made like you know fancy rice whatever um and what I learned from that was the all the spices that I put into the beef ahead of time did not translate to um what was after it was reconstituted uh, so what I had thought was I thought that the rice would soak up those flavors and it would still be retained, but it didn't. So um, I think the way to go about it is to do the burger ahead of time, just burger, then add minute rice so that you don't have to dehydrate, rehydrate, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, um, and then put your spices in there. So that's that's the route that I'm going to go. Um, and I'm also trying some of the, like, and I've, I've read on like the elk addicts and, and things like that about the nor meals and I'm a carb freak. So, um, any of the like chicken rice or rice aroni type stuff, like that's, I'll eat that all day long. And one of the things about the, the, the meal that I made myself, the dehydrated stuff is I think, I think it, it kind of like shows through um, and a lot of these guys that you watch that when they're eating mountain house, they have like, they, they eat it. And when you hear them talk about it, they're like, yeah, it's easy or whatever, but I feel terrible after I eat it or, or this or that. Um, there's, there's some sort of, I feel like novelty to that. Like it's really neat, kind of like an MRE type stuff. I mean, but I remember eating my first MRE in boot camp and it was like the coolest thing ever. And like now today, and even like my last three years in the military is like, you would just throw out all the stuff and just keep the junk food. And I had a pack full of like plain chicken sandwiches and fruit snacks. Like it was like, I would, I wouldn't eat those if you paid me. Um, and doing some of the mountain house and some of the other stuff like that's that exact same flavor so whether it's the preservatives they use or or whatever but like it tastes like it. and so you had eaten some of the like reconstituted freeze-dried stuff yeah i had the 
that pack at Mountain House. What was it? It was like the, the breakfast skillet. Breakfast skillet. So it had like the eggs and sausage and hash browns, and it tasted all right. But it yeah, it had that. It had like a just a a weird, you know that MRE taste you you called it. Yeah. And I mean, it has tons of soda. I mean, I don't know. I haven't done it enough to really make a judgment on it. I mean, it was fine. I could have got a. I mean, I could, I could eat it. I mean, especially if I'm starving. I mean, I'd rather eat something than starve. But well, I think that that's like my, like legitimately my plan is starve. <laughs> no, but um, so like all my training said, whatever your worst MRE is, whatever anything is, like you're gonna have this thing in the bottom of your pack that you don't want to eat. Um, I think that that's going to be those meals for me is going to be like, if we're lost and there's no help, but there will be no draw to, I want to eat that. Um, that's, and so for, uh, uh, we are, we are talking to Bob from, uh, hybrid outdoors when we were up at the total archery challenge and I kind of keep in touch with him. Um, throughout the whole thing um you know he's they're on like a two or three week trip out west uh scouting whitetails and then scouting elk and floating rivers and montana and everything it's it's really nice to follow along so check him out with uh hybrid outdoors on facebook and instagram but you know he was saying like he's basically um trail mix and beef jerky for lunch mountain house and then a bagel sandwich for breakfast. So he has one big meal at the end of the day and then a lot of like little stuff. And then if you know me at all, it's like, I'm all snacks and junk food all day. So like when I see these guys eating gummy bears and airheads and like all this stuff, I'm like, I can get 3000 calories of bullshit. Like (laughs) no problem. Like I will eat that. And so I'm uh, it, trying to figure out how to get our bullet coffee on the freaking mountain. Well, so I, <laughs> Gee? well, you, you could do that. Right. Um, but realistically, um, with the, the on emulsion MCT yeah. oil, um, and I think with a ghee, if you were to put it in the water that you boiled, um, uh, you could certainly do that. Um, no. So lately I've been just, I've been, I guess, trying to. I've been so explain of, that. So if someone is not the bullet, well, bullet coffee, bulletproof butter coffee, whatever yeah. you want to call it, so, keto coffee. So the, yeah, the keto coffee, whatever. I like it's a tablespoon of butter, tablespoon of coconut or MCT oil. And so lately, I just been I ran out of MCT oil, so I've just 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 went down Meyer had our local grocery store had uh, the organic coconut. Was virgin coconut or whatever it is, they had that on sale. Buy one get one free. So I just picked up a couple of those. So I use a tablespoon of that, a tablespoon of butter, put it in my cup of coffee. But I do a double, so two and two, and then blend it up. Well, that's got a ton of fat, you know, good fat triglycerides or medium chain triglycerides. So and then it helps like kind of slow down the the caffeine uptake metabolize it slowly yeah so the metabolism of the the caffeine the all that fat 
binds the caffeine and it's almost like a slow release caffeine like throughout the day um and so on it the joe rogan company and they, they push it or whatever um they make an emulsion so that's the part that i mean if you were to put coconut oil mct oil into any sort of liquid it's like oil and water do not mix right separate. and so by them making an emulsion it makes all these little basically they're like micro balls of oil inside of something that's water soluble so it allows you to just stir it with a spoon um, so you can put it in a smoothie you can put it in something um, without actually blending it as vigorously right because right, um, i use my little immersion blender every morning so it's you know obviously i'm not bringing that out on the mountain yeah so <laughs> so you, that wouldn't be that difficult to do um and it's it's a really good you know the idea behind it is it's supposed to um stop your hunger and all that stuff but for what we're doing it would probably be a really good calorie uptake and energy um right to start the morning so uh maybe that's something that we need to look into because i mean i know like i think we could certainly do it so you know when we first started this i was looking at i'm like i'm gonna bring raymond noodles and snickers and you know i see some of the guys how they pack their you know mm-hmm. a lot of the guys will pack They'll take like a gallon Ziploc bag and they'll have that. Yeah, that's what that's what I plan on. You know, fill that. That's going to be each day. So each day you'll have a day. You'll already have it set out, you know, packed, planned ahead. And then you just grab that pack out and you have your snack, whatever way you want to eat it. And then I'm like, man, these guys got like Snickers and Skittles and this junk food. But for the last, well, it's probably been a month now. I've been, or more than that, been, I guess basically like the keto been going keto like very little carbs and i feel a lot better way better than when i eat you know before i'd eat every morning i get up i'd eat a peanut butter sandwich you know peanut butter and honey sandwich love my peanut butter that's why if you listen to like some of the first one i'm like how am i gonna get my jug of peanut butter on the mountain well unless you get complete uh, natural peanut butter, like I eat the Jif natural. Well, that's got a ton of sugar in it. I mean, that's what why it's so good. But I like my nat. I like regular natural too. But sugar, carbs, you know, I'd end up and then with two slices of bread, glass of milk, and it's got like eight grams of sugar in the gla- glass of milk. I feel good for a couple hours, and all of a sudden, like a crash. I'm like man. Why am I so freaking tired? You know, it's only like, you know, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. I feel like crap. I want to go take a nap. So now I've been just, you know, for like I said, last month and a half, two months, I've been doing our bullet coffee or, you know, keto coffee, whatever you want to call it. And that's basically been my breakfast. And, you know, I'd wake up hungry. I'd drink a glass of water, maybe put a little lemon, uh, some sea salt in it. I've been, if you listen to Aubrey Marcus is the founder the of Onagai. Onagai. And his book is uh, Own the Day. So like, you know, there's a lot of really, really good stuff in there. So anyway, start out with the, some water and then make my, my coffee. And I wasn't hungry. I'm like, 
I don't even need to eat now. I mean, that's a ton of calories and stuff, so I'd feel I wouldn't crash. Then when I start getting hungry again, then I'd end up, you know, like I have four eggs and half avocado. And then I'm good almost till, you know, easily till dinner. And maybe, you know, and then so I have some almonds, and, you know, sea salt. Yeah, so one of the things, though, I would say to that point is check out the the EXO, the Hunt Backcountry, uh, because there's a guy on there that was basically keto and, like, super no carbs, and he worked with a nutritionist, and they kind of, like, broke down the whole thing as far as, like, in that pack, and they were talking about, like, how it all breaks down and what it is that you need for right. that energy, and that was part of that death hike. Right. Okay, yeah, because bef- before that, I haven't seen that one, but there was another guy that did, like, the the keto diet, and he's like, um, he was going through, like, it was a bag dump, but then they make those fat packs. Or they're, it's a funny name, actually. I can't can't remember exactly, but they're basically little like energy packs, and then it's like different fats. And you know, you just like almost like those almond butter packs that we had, mm-hmm. or like those uh, the honey. What was that? The honey. The stingers. Stingers, but it was fat. So same concept throw one of those down and you got some fat energy but so yeah so i gotta do a little more research on that so i gotta finalize my beef jerky trail mix gummy bears beef and rice <laughs> that's 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 where i'm gonna live right there john well, I'm it's good. gonna be tortillas with the peanut Beef butter, butter honey, honey and bacon um, bacon those gummy bears beef jerky trail mix and then dehydrated meal yeah. and i'm gonna just three thousand calories figure it out i can eat three thousand calories of gummy bears in like 15 minutes so <laughs> I'm, I'm trust me i can <laughs> you know like th- that was the twizzlers dude i am um, you give me a two pound bag of twizzlers and you'll be lucky to get one see now start looking at calories per ounce and oh, figure out if twizzlers are or where it's at. The thing is, I'd eat a bag of those Twizzlers and I'd just feel like shit for like two days. But what do you do when you're eating a bag of Twizzlers? You're watching you, a movie. You're sitting eating <laughs> a bag of Twizzlers. You're not running around. No. It's usually on a road trip. I'm like, first thing, like my wife, like, we'd take off. I'm like, you you just got gas. I'm like, yeah, well, we need snacks. <laughs> Half mile down the road, pick up, you know, pound of Twizzlers. And- so, I'll... Uh, Outside of the the food aspect of it, um, I think, like I said, I could I could go today. I mean, hell, I mean, given this conversation, I could stop at the gas station and get, get the rest of the food. <laughs> but um, realistically, I need to brush up. I need to shore up my first aid kit. So, I mean, my family owns a surgical supply. So, to to go in, you know, what was funny because Trent was talking about leukotape, and I was like, leukotape? Like, why do you need leukotape? Like, I have, like, literally, I don't know, 100 square feet of moleskin. Like, I, John's like, we need to get some moleskin. And I'm like, I got more moleskin than you've ever seen. Could make a moleskin mummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's talking about leukotape. So I went to the store, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got leukotape. And I got some other foot stuff but i need to get some um 
steri strips or butterfly bandages. Um, I've got sutures. Um, are they, uh, are they, they outdated? Like they are not quite as expired as the ones unborn and raised, but they might be expired a little bit. <laughs> um, but they're they're still good. We've got the needles. We got paracord. We'll be we'll be good. Um, but one of the things, and like it's one of the you better not be. I'm gonna wake up and I'm get like, what the hell is that? Adam stabbed me so he could freaking sew me <laughs> up. <laughs> Let me suture you. Up. Um, one of the things. Um, that uh, the guy that's helping us out, um, he was saying for in your first aid kit is the is a betadine scrub. Um, so you can go into like any pharmacy and you can buy um, a betadine scrub. And so what betadine is is it's like a povo iodine solution, um, and the scrub is what a surgeon or something would use as they were scrubbing in before surgery. Um, so it's antibacterial. Well, he says that by using that on your, um, sensitive areas, we'll say, so under your armpits and you're going in, 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 in that, um, doing a wash up a real quick wash with that. What it does is it kills that bacteria that has all of the scent. Um, in it and you can buy like a one ounce or a two ounce little bottle of that for maybe five bucks six bucks um but it's also good if you were to be um, skinning out an animal and cut yourself or or anything like that it's like you can immediately clean out that wound um so it's very multifaceted um but you can also use it and now there is a betadine solution and a scrub and so you're going to want the scrub um, for that, that washing aspect of it. Uh, but it'll be able to clean your wounds. So that's something that I need to just grab. Um, but it's one of the things that we have in there. And then as always from a straight up, like survival, uh, standpoint is either a, what they call a triangle bandage, or you could do simply a bandana. So I think a a bandana in our case is going to be the most, practical you know get it wet put it around your neck you know but you can use it for like a million different things but i've got a couple of trauma kits and and things like that i'm not going to bring um quick clot type stuff just for that that sort of thing i guess if we were um going to be a little bit further away um maybe maybe something like that would be necessary but i don't think we're going to be outside of five or ten miles from the vehicle so i don't think that that's i think that that's probably the furthest feasible distance um and i think with a tourniquet or something like that we'd be able to 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 save you and that's what john's worried about is me saving him um if i get hurt i'm dead so you hurt your shit out of luck <laughs> um i'm gonna ask well, what the, what am i supposed to do <laughs> You're the survivalist. Why'd you get hurt? So, um, also with that is the inReach. So I just ordered a inReach mini. Um, and that's going to be. So is that the Garmin? Yep. Brand? Yep. That's the Garmin. That's the new one. Just came out. It's like less than three ounces. It's a little tiny uh. thing. Doesn't have a GPS, 
um, feature. It doesn't have the big screen. doesn't have all of that. Um, but you can link it to your phone. And Is it the sp- no, there's one called the spot too, right? So the spot is a completely different thing. And, and, um, and doing some research and talking to some people, um, on different forums and online, um, the spot uses about half the satellites that the uh-huh. inReach does. Um, so the inReach actually has a little bit Better more coverage. Yeah. It's a little bit more reliable, I guess. I, I really don't know. Um, it's going to be a whole new thing, but one of the things with the inReach is, um, you know, we're going to be able to contact back and talk with our families and, and Through all text that. text message, right? Links Through, to your phone. Yep. You pay a monthly uh, or yeah. whatever. You, can, you so. can either set up for a monthly fee, you know, hell. So <laughs> that's one of the things. Like I was talking, so I it didn't really get into it, but I just ordered these little gear grab things from uh, 6 a.m. outdoors. If you look them up, it's uh, – looks like Viam. Like, that's what I thought it was. I didn't, until I got a bill from him, I didn't know that it was 6 a.m., but it's V-I-A-M. So 6 a.m. Um, but the guy's name is Tristan, and um, I had messaged him because I wanted to get some of these things to organize my pack because I knew that from all my years in the military, I, like, literally spent a night out in a monsoon under, like, a man-sized poncho tarp in my sleeping bag because I thought that my roommate at the time had stolen my bivy sack. And that's like I said, it said previously on podcast, like we never brought tents because either we were like that arrogant or stupid or whatever you want to call it, but we didn't want to have to mess with it. Well, we were caught out in like torrential downpour and for the life of me in my pack, I could not find that baby sack. And I slept under basically a five by six tarp and I'm six foot tall. So it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I think that's where I gained like some of my confidence for this whole thing is because like, I know that I've done that. I've slept in the snow. I've done all that sort of thing. Um, and the next day it turns out it was like in one of the front, pouches of my pack and I just couldn't find it in the moment. Um, so I wanted some sort of organization. Um, so I'd seen these on Instagram and on a lot of the different forums, these all over the EXO forum and, um, whatever. But I had, um, message him on Instagram and he was like, just sent me his number. He said, well, just give me a call if you got questions. So I talked to him, didn't want to sell me a damn thing. Didn't care. Um, wanted to know about my trip, wanted to know my experience, wanted to know where we are going. Um, but told me all about the inReach and like, that's what he uses. And there's like 10 free messages that don't count in your unlimited or don't, don't count in your limited. So he's like, well, I set up, you know, one that says I'm where I'm supposed to be you know, et cetera, et cetera. So things that we would normally say, like, you know, I'm safe, right. like back at camp, uh, made it to the truck, you know, whatever, but those don't count towards your thing. So there's a whole bunch of different plans. You can get an unlimited plan or you can get a plan that has 60 or 70 per month or whatever. Um, but I just thought I would, would talk about, um, that company because 
again, it kind of goes back to everybody that I've dealt with that's out west hunting, but they just want to help you out. It's not, I mean, this guy, he, he could have tried to sell me everything under the sun, tell me what I needed because, but that wasn't his thing at all. He wanted to know, he was like, this is my product. This is what I use. Um, but what are you doing? And et cetera. And it got more into like, try to keep me safe than trying to sell you trying to sell me something. Um, but yeah, so we were leaning towards one of the in reaches anyway. So I ordered one of the, the minis and, um, so that actually has a social feature. So we're going to try and hook that up so you can follow along, um, with us via social media in one way or another, um, to see now, is that gonna show like where we're at. Part of me. Is that going to show all of our coordinates and stuff? It probably will. No. But. So if we kill a big old bull and be like, oh, yeah, those guys killed a big bull right here. Well, we'll put that on our Patreon account yeah. so you have to pay the $3 a month um, <laughs> to support us to actually see kind of what see, we're doing. See it'll where be, we're at. It'll be way better next year after we do kill that big bull right. and people will see. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as the in-reach is concerned, um, that that's kind of going to be our link to um, – society uh, but beyond that we're meeting up with um, the guy that's helping us out sometime next week um, to basically go over the maps and so we took it from the whole whole unit whole base. unit basically to a couple of different areas and now we're doing the tree line pursuit thing and kind of mapping out our three day back to the truck kind of like loops plan a plan b plan c right and then like we're going to highlight all the roads open roads closed roads trails trailheads you know, that was supposed to be my homework but i was a little we're waiting on once we talk to our, our buddy we're going to go from there so we're definitely going to be uh, marking up some maps next week and I think that that's why this is like back to the beginning of the podcast. Why is it so daunting? Is because like we still don't have I've, a plan. I've looked at the map like so extensively, and even after talking to Trent and saying like that's a pretty big area, you're going to be fine. Um, you know, I I talked to our buddy there, and I said, well, what about this area? Have you looked at it? And he's like, you can't get into that other area that you're looking at without mules or horses or something like that, and so my own inability to recognize the why? differences or why. And it, that's the thing is like, you well, know, a mule or a horse, why can't we? Well, but there's a, <laughs> but there's a, like a legitimate trail and that trail system is marked with green, yellow, and red. And that trail system is green. <laughs> so right. I, I mean, I don't know. I, the inability to discern that being, a green trail that a man can't walk on don't make is, is is like out, outside of my realm maybe, of understanding. Yes, maybe we could we could walk on it, but we couldn't walk off it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe the trail's good, but be, maybe like the dunes out there were like walking on the top. Like, oh shit, man! Could you imagine something going down below there? Yeah. No. no. We're not gonna. Oh. And it if it were rocky. Right. And yeah, and rocky and. Yeah, so I think basically that kind of like sums up where we're at right now. Um, our calling, I've been practicing calling. I know John's been practicing calling. Um, you just 
you just ordered um, some new calls. Yeah, I had ordered a couple more diaphragms and a external, the easy asterisk. Yep. So I've got one of those and Slimer. <laughs> got some, <laughs> got some calls, uh, but I need to order a few more. And I think, I think that black, um, bro. Yeah, the born and raised, the black one is uh, is good. It's it's a little bit of a tighter, thicker. Um, now see, I latex. I have the blue one, mm-hmm. the blue bro, and then I have the green, the orange, and the black, regular Phelps ant. And the orange one, I I love that blue one. I like that thin, but I it I wore it out. So, but I can definitely make my best calls I think with that one or the orange the orange has that same kind of thin the thin latex and with a little bit tighter stretch not super tight but and it, but like if you look it up in the Phelps on their uh, website when you go to order <clears throat> the orange one says like it's an immature bull young cow and it's definitely easier to, to blow like when we talk to our buddies like yeah we try to just call like you know make a young young bull but then after we talk to trent to trent he's talking about well well if you're if you're gonna call you're gonna bugle you might as well just bugle you know get it be loud you know so it's like so i ended up ordering i think i ordered a i did order another orange one just because i know i can i can make that sound pretty decent and I think I ordered the gray one, which was like a, you know, medium, medium bull or semi-mature cow or whatever it was. So, well, if you listen to Jason Phelps and and what he says, he says you're going to go through a call every three days, right? And he says, what? How much more fun can you have for two fifty a day than blowing one of his calls? So exactly. I mean, so that's why I ordered some more. My wife was like, she was like, how many calls do you need? Well, that's, I I feel like that's one of the things with turkey calls is like, because you're not putting that constant, like sustained pressure on them. They, I don't feel the change in them so much so quickly. Like I can tell you the difference between the two calls that I got in my car right now is like, you know, this one I've blown more and it's, done you know i can oh. cow call with it that's it right um, that's the way my blue they get real squeaky yeah but with the with the calling i think it's safe to say that neither one of us know what we're doing right. so i mean we've just been practicing we've been making sounds hell i think my daughter is really good <laughs> yeah, i think so too that's like you said. we should just bring her out there with us throw her on your back be like, all right call so so what else is there, John? What else didn't we cover? Because basically we are, by the time this airs and we get back, there's going to be no more uh, talking about our gear, talking about right. anything. This is the, the final countdown to getting out there. So oh, I just have to finish up my, my kit, basically. I got to get... I still have to get my water filtration and a cooker unit, either the jet boil or one of the small little cookers. And then, yeah, finish up our food, get that dialed in. I don't, 
like I said, I'm still trying to figure out how I want to go with that. <clears throat> but then also the straps, that'll be like a little. Maybe You're kind of up against the power curve on that because. Well, I'm running out of time for right, sure. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. And I know, like I said, I know I could bring it down to the lady and she would have them sewn up in a day. And so that's probably what. You need to do. Yeah, because it definitely is not comfortable for me. I'm not going to be carrying 60 pounds for sure until we pack something out. But. But. That's when it's going to be the most critical. Exactly. So It was nice having it. I mean, that system is quieter instead of having the metal grommets and more pins and stuff. It, and it just stops. I mean, it's. When you get that tightened down. Yeah, there's no. It's not moving. There's no. There's no flex in it. And maybe it, you know, also, maybe it's the way I, I have it, the, the weight in there, or the, the way it's packed right now, because I have both packs of, I like, I have my sleeping bag in there. I have both of the packs of game bags jammed yeah, in there. Yeah, I need to get one of those from you. Yeah. So hopefully we'll both need them. Or we could just use one set, save the other set, wash, rinse it. No, we're going to need them both. <laughs> confidence. We're going to go exactly. in there. I'll call them. You kill them. That's, you got to have that confidence going into it. But sure. But I think, you know, for, for everything that we've done and as, as far as we've come, I really feel like there's very little left. Um, I do like my sport. That we could have done <laughs> differently outside of having more time. Right. Um, yeah, most, like you're saying, most, a lot of people are going out, you know, with a, on a two-year plan or something. And that's what we originally, you know, that's originally what you were planning on. It's like in like two yeah. years. Yeah, well, I want to learn from your mistakes, man. <laughs> I mean, and I, I guess that's the whole premise of this is go ahead and 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 learn from, from our mistakes. But you only have so many days. So, right. This, if if we come back from this trip and die uh, in a car accident or or something like that, like you're not going to regret the experience, and you're going to be able to have done it. You you're going to be able to have relished in that experience and the the planning and everything that goes into it, um, as unnerving as it can be, um. Is is still something that is is part of the process, and it's it's been it's been fun. It's been fun, and I'm I mean I'm excited because once I mean I know you are too, but and it's silly to say I'm excited, but once I think once we get out there and we experience it this for this first time, then we'll have a better grasp of how to you know how to plan forward for it. Well, and I think one of the things that's cool too is. It might be, it, it might end up getting me divorced because I know I'm like, <laughs> I already told him like, I want to move to frick, I'm moving out west. She's like, well, really? <laughs> but, but I mean, really, um, this is kind of like one of those things where there, there's very few people that would, I think, just go at it without a guide, without, um, I mean, 
granted, we are getting help, um, but yeah. without without being spoon fed, um, right? No, yeah, like a lot of people, they going they going out, you know, guided or like, no, we're doing DIY backpack, you know, what? <laughs> so, I mean, like I say, I think that that's one of the things, and I honestly think that. With everybody that we've met through this process, everybody knows because everybody's been like the same boat, you know. They're right. just going out there, just on their do own. It. And you got to start somewhere. And I think everyone that we've talked to has had that same trepidation, that same fear, that same. But the fact that we've said we're going to do it. I think that that's the first step in people saying, "Well, I want to help you because you're you're going to go ahead and do it. Right. You know, you're you're doing it, so I don't want it to be a bad experience. These are the things; these are the mistakes that I've made. So, I I really just think that it's that's I think part of the allure to it as well. So, you know, either way, success or not success has been a great a, a, a great ride so far and we haven't even made it out there right to do anything so that first elk bugle is going to be what what sets it off and so for everybody out there listening you know just know that um there's nothing special about us and i think everything pertaining to western style hunting is probably the most inviting thing the most accommodating group of people that you're ever going to find so if you have any questions you have anything if you want to be in touch with anybody get a hold of us if you've got questions and we'll do everything to help you and put you in touch with people that have much more knowledge than we do because it has been a a tremendous experience and i can't wait to share our experience um of our hunt with everybody that's following along and i do appreciate and i know john does as well um everybody that follows along and and keeps up with with uh, what we're doing keeps tabs on on everything that we're doing um i think that's pretty much everything that we've got just yeah keep following along tell a friend tell them tell them that we're doing something great we're doing something stupid and uh leave us a review bunch of clowns that's my uh (laughs) that's john's hashtag bunch of clowns uh but just let us know leave us a review and, um, you know, if there's anything that we can do to help you out, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us, but I think that's all we got for today. So thanks for listening. See ya.
and sit down.